Well, good morning. It's nice outside. I keep telling myself that. I told a few people I cried very deep in my soul this morning once again as I put on my stocking cap to head out the door for the seventh month in a row. Glad you're here as we continue working our way through Jesus the next 40. These past few weeks we've been exploring what Jesus has been up to, at least from what we know within the scriptures after he rose from the dead. If, if you haven't been with us or you've missed out on one of those, those are out there on, on our podcast uh, channel or on, on YouTube and you can get caught up on those messages. Because what we've been doing is we've just been building we, we keep following Jesus. We, we know he was on the road to Emmaus, and, and he talked to a few of his disciples there, and, and he, he made himself uh, uh, visible to them as they broke bread. We know that, that that same day, that night then, that he rose from the dead, he, that he went back and he appeared to his disciples in a locked room as they were hidden away for fear. Because... That's what Jesus did, right? He rose from the dead. We we can't go a week, right, Marv? We can't go a week without talking about who? Jesus. Marv always asks me, he's like, are you going to talk about Jesus? And the answer is, obviously, at this church, yes. (laughs) I appreciate it. He keeps me honest. But Jesus is and has been and always will be risen from the dead. And he did that for you. It's very important that you hear that. You can never hear it enough of the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead for you. Defeating all sin, the devil, and death. Winning everlasting life, eternal victory for you. So last week, Jesus appeared to those disciples. He just showed up in this this locked room where they were out of fear of what's going to happen to them next. And he says to them, peace be with you. And he breathed on them. They received the Holy Spirit. And then they were sent by Jesus. He said, go, right? But were all the disciples there? Nope. For some reason, Thomas was not with them. And that's what verse 24 tells us in our text. So if you want to be in the Bible with me today, I invite you to join me there. We're in John um, 20. We're going to be getting there with verse 24 here in just a second. As you're working your way there, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, that you gave to die our death. We thank you that he defeated death, that, that he himself rose from the dead, giving to us and all who believe everlasting life and forgiveness of sins and victory eternally. But we pray that that continue to go into the depths of our hearts And as we continue to explore your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit work upon us this day. So my words may be your words, and the words spoken here may fully resonate in the hearts and minds of these, your children. That even though they may not see 
the risen Jesus, they may continue to believe. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. So Thomas wasn't there. He wasn't there when Jesus came to the other disciples. But Jesus was definitely alive. So the others, they, they, they said to Thomas, they're like, dude, we saw him. And it was amazing. He showed us his, his hands. He, he showed us his side. It was him. We saw him and we believed. Thomas, he is alive. But Thomas would have nothing of it. He said, no. No way. Look at what he says there in verse 25. John 20, verse 25, it says this. Thomas said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. So, Thomas has been misrepresented all these years when we call him Doubting Thomas. There was no doubt here. Right? He said it himself. He said, I don't believe it. This isn't doubt. This is full out. I don't believe it. So this is unbelieving Thomas. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and place my finger where the nails were and place my hand into his side, I will not believe. I will never believe. I cannot. I will not. Nope. I will not believe it. Ever. Those are some strong words from Thomas. Never would he believe. So, so now what about those disciples? How do, how do, how do Jesus' disciples respond to that? They, they probably felt pretty rejected, right? Jesus, Jesus was there. They saw him. Thomas did not accept their testimony. He did not accept their witness. He just couldn't believe what he said. Even though all of them said it. So maybe it got to the point where they're like, okay, Thomas. You just have to wait. You'll just have to wait and, and see. Because what Jesus said, because what Jesus told us, what Jesus has taught us is true. He was dead, yes, but guess what? He's alive again. But to Thomas, what was Jesus? Dead. He was still dead. And Jesus would be dead in his mind and in his heart until he saw him with his eyes. So Thomas had to wait. Struggling with this message, as goes quite often. My wife just walked back in and had a quick conversation with her yesterday. And, and, and through that conversation, she, she just said, Thomas had to wait. And, and that, that sparked a little bit of, of, of a light. That, that Thomas had to wait, wondering if he would get to see Jesus waiting to see if he would get to experience the blessing of, of, of seeing his Lord, his teacher, again. And, and, and through that, I kept thinking about waiting, and, and waiting is hard, right? Some of us wait very poorly. <laughs> Some people are raising their hands. I won't call you out, but yeah, maybe... <laughs> 
we, we, we wait poorly at waiting for what's next or waiting for God to show us his plan and, 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 and his timing. So the fact that Thomas wasn't there with the other disciples, making him have to wait, guess what? It was all part of God's greater plan. Even though Thomas, like, like us, probably doesn't understand why we have to wait, sometimes we do. Sometimes we need to wait. And, and then this led me on a little bit of a search into God's word, and, and that led me back to the prophet Isaiah, which, by the way, Thomas should have known. Isaiah 30, verse 18 says this, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice, a God of compassion. And blessed are all those who wait for him. Sometimes waiting for God to reveal himself is what we need. It's because we're relying on God and relying on God in itself is a blessing. And we need to trust that, that, that God will work for our good in his perfect timing. Because God's timing is always better than our own. God's timing is always better than our own. He knows what's going on. He knows what we're going through. He knows what's best for us and, and for our families, for our friends, for our lives. And he will reveal those things to us in his timing. And so we wait. And amidst the waiting... We're still to be trusting and believing in him and in, in, in his perfect timing. So, so now for Thomas, God's perfect timing to reveal himself was eight days later. The following Sunday. Look with me now if you want. It's not law. <laughs> Look with me at John 20, 26. It says this. Eight days later. His disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. It's those words of comfort right off the bat again, as Jesus miraculously appears behind locked doors. He says, Peace be with you. Those words mean the same thing. He continues to speak into their failures, like them still locked away behind closed doors. Still showing them forgiveness for their failure to launch, for their failure to go, even after he's placed the Holy Spirit upon them. Jesus speaks these words with his love. To all of them. Peace be with you. And then he turns directly to Thomas. And he blasts Thomas for his unbelief. Right? No. 
those same words are for Thomas. Peace be with you. Thomas, there's forgiveness for you for your unbelief. There's forgiveness for you for, for running away. The same forgiveness given the week before is given here once again. So instead of blasting Thomas, what does Jesus do? He turns directly to him and he says, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. So does he do it? Does Thomas reach out and touch Jesus? We don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Artist depiction have got us to believe that, that Thomas does stick his hand into the side and touch the holes. But nowhere in the Bible, friends, does it say that Thomas reached out and touched Jesus. But what it does say, and what is more important, it says that Thomas responded to Jesus' latter words, do not disbelieve, but believe. And so after waiting eight days, now standing in the presence of Jesus with the other apostles behind locked doors, Thomas sees, he believes, and he says, my Lord and my God. Thomas did not have to stick his finger into Jesus' hands or his hand into our Lord's side. He saw Christ and he believed. This here is the first time. It's the first time that Thomas actually believed that Jesus the Christ was no longer dead. But alive. His unbelief turned to belief. His faith was there once again in God. And this confession, it makes it clear, once again, of a couple things. One, Jesus is alive. Jesus is, is truly alive. And two, that Jesus was more than just the man. Jesus is Lord and God. He's both true God and true man, right? He was dead, but now he's alive. He wasn't there behind locked doors, and then he was. And he brought himself back to life. Then we see this, this great thing here with, with Jesus in his conversation with with Thomas there in, in, verse, in verse 29, he said, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus is inviting you and me. He's inviting all people to believe his saving word. Yes, Jesus indulged Thomas's need to see him. Yet that privilege of seeing the risen Jesus... Is it available to most people? No. 
This, this was not available to most people. Others like, like you and me, without this opportunity to look on Jesus, we're still called to faith. We're still called to receive these blessings in him. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Blessed are those who wait upon the Lord and still believe. Now, let's, let's not forget about why Jesus came back to his apostles. Right, let's not forget what, what Jesus did. Jesus breathed on them, and he told them to do what? Go. He told them to go with the Spirit, and he sent them out to tell others about who he is. Read a little bit into the book of Acts, and you will see that many signs and wonders were regularly done among the peoples. By who? The apostles. By the hands of the apostles, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of people, both men and women. People who were waiting, not even know what they were waiting for, were now believing in Christ even without seeing him. As God used his apostles. And here's the thing. Signs and wonders did not end with the first century church. It, it did not die with those original apostles. Though we cannot see Christ directly, we do meet him regularly. We do meet him regularly in everyday life. We meet him in his word. Anytime you open up the Bible, anytime you put your face into this, you are meeting Christ. Anytime you bow your heads or throw your arms up like this and talk to God in prayer, you're meeting him. Right here, right now, in worship, guess what you're doing? You're, you're meeting him. In Bible study, in missional community, in small groups, in our, in our sacraments, we, we meet him every day. We meet him every day as we believe those words that we heard a little bit ago that Beth read from 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to share them with you again. 1 Peter 1, beginning with verse 8, it says this. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Yes. Yes. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Yes! I loved it. The Lord invites us, friends, he invites us in all people to believe in him right now. To believe in him today, just because we do not see him as a man, that does not mean that he does not provide us with ways to see him and believe in him. Every day he offers you the opportunity to grow closer to him. Every day. 
He offers you and I the opportunity to grow closer to him through his word. It's there for us. Whether we take it or not, that's on us. And then every day, he sends us, filled with the Holy Spirit, to share his love, to share the story, to tell the truth of the scriptures, to point people to Christ as they wait. So that they too may believe. You see, while we wait as as believers, as, as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, we remember that we don't have to see to believe. We know that from God, through Christ, right to us, we've been given this gift that Jesus did die for us. We know that. We, we also know that he, he rose again for us. Why? Because it says it in the scriptures. Because people who have loved us have told us about this. And because this word never changes. The one thing that never changes in this world are these words. His love for you is the same today as it is yesterday and will be forever. It's the true word of God that we carry in our hearts and then we carry this truth with us wherever we go. So friends, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're you're battling. If, If you're battling unbelief with this whole Jesus thing right now, or, or if you're just waiting and wondering if God's ever going to show up again, I'm praying for you. Because I'm waiting too. I'm, I'm praying that, that, that your faith may increase. I'm praying that you trust in Him and in His will. I'm praying that you stay strong in your faith and that you each more firmly believe that the word of God is proof. The word of God is enough. It's everything that you need. It's all that you need to to know and, and to grow and to believe that his only son, Jesus Christ, is not dead, but he's alive. He who is crucified is risen. Risen from the dead as victory for you over all your sin, over that sneaky devil, and over death. His victory is for you and me and all who believe. So thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for his great word and love that each of you is blessed because you believe even though you have not seen. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.